Quiet, please. You're listening to Birdies and Bogies, hosted by Jordan Bloxham and Weston Mon, bringing you Golf's Week in Review, recapping your favorite tournaments with professional insight from their perspective. Now, quiet, please. Here's your hosts, Jordan and Weston. Weston. What is up, Jordan? Oh, you know, just getting ready for U.S. Open Week. Well, I guess it's a couple days in, a couple days, just one day practice round, and then the tournament starts. So another major week, which is always fun, especially right after the week prior, which was turned the golf world on its head, but... Who knows where that's going now? <laughs> yeah, a lot of, there was a lot of uproar, and now we just don't quite know where that's going. So that'll be interesting. Like I said, we knew we'd talk about it, but some more things have come out, and it doesn't seem like it's necessarily a merger. It's an alignment. But well, it, it's, it's just not, yeah. more with the PIF having first right of refusal to the investments that they can do into the the PGA Tour. Yeah, I I watched the is it Jimmy Jimmy Dunn Jimmy Jimmy Dunn interview. You and that was quite revealing and, and very interesting, but um, nonetheless, it's yeah, it has nothing to do with those tours coming together, no. it has mostly to do with the PGA Tour having more control over outside investments and eliminating a competitor, yeah, with the possibility of, of, of it, right? Um. So it yeah it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out because now there's the possibility of government involvement. Um, yeah. yeah, it could get messy before it gets um, clarified, which yeah. is too bad. I will say. The coolest thing that I saw this week was a clip on Kepka after his U.S. Open press conference. <laughs> he finished up with the next week. week travelers. Oh, just I, a little dig. And uh, I, I wonder if if status will be reinstated. Is that actually going to happen, or is it Monahan going to be <sighs> butthurt about it, or are the players going to be pissed because they haven't been rewarded for their loyalty? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be fines, but they don't even have that all, like, hashed out. What's the fine? That's, like, why even fine them? Like, he made, they all made it possible that all this happened. Like, the PGA Tour should be ecstatic that they have an opportunity to get this investment now aligned with their 
controlling purposes. And the players should be stoked for what they did, putting their neck on the line so that the tour released all these amazing benefits to new and upcoming players and stipends and, you know, more ways for these players to win money. The elevated event series was introduced and more money in the pot, like and yeah, guaranteed for you the, the tour. So it's like those guys were rewarded in some sense for their loyalty. Absolutely. And I'm like, but you have no, like, cause from what Rory said, Rory said he didn't even get an offer is what wow. he said in his press conference, right? He said he didn't even get an offer. So it's like, you're going to reward somebody for staying that didn't have the option to leave. Oh. But with the guaranteed, right? They 550 guaranteed if you were a tour member and didn't make it to that 550 number, right? And these guys, because if we look at it, let's, uh, will it show, or will it just show FedEx Cup points? Because I'm just trying to pull it up. Oh, it just only shows, of course, it only shows breaking Points and not not money. Let's see if I can find that. They won't put that on the. They don't want that. Yeah. Need, needless to say, I people stayed for their own reasons, which we don't know how much people got paid under the table. That could yeah. have been part of the negotiations. It could have been, hey, you got John Rum, you got offered X. Why don't we give you X and you stay? And guess what? We're going to increase the pot and we're going to increase this and increase that. Yeah. And he made a choice. Like it wasn't that there was nothing on the end, there was no carrot from the PGA Tour other than Monaghan saying, you should keep your loyalties here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, they got money. So right now, just right now in earnings, um, Scotty is leading. He's at 16 million. John Rahm's at 14 million, just under 15. Then yeah. Victor Hovland at nine and a half million. So it's like, mm, that's more than, I mean, we're not even close to finish. And that's more than they were they had made previous years. So like you're getting rewarded, maybe not to the extent of these guys, but these guys took a risk, right? The yeah. more risk, the more reward. You guys, you guys stayed pat and you're still getting rewarded. It, you know, eventually led to, what happened this last week. Um, so I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see what, what shakes out because from there, what they're saying is Jay Monahan has basically rights and then will possibly have the ability to basically end 
the live tour. So, and people are like, well, but then you can't let them back on. I'm like, well, if you end their tour and they're still within that, you're not going to let the best players in the world back on the PGA tour. Yeah. I don't know. It, and yeah. It's doesn't make any sense. All it's muddled. If they're all together now in agreement as to what's going to happen, let's just let bygones be bygones and proceed forward. I, I think that would make the most sense, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. There's like things are floating around that, yeah, they're going to make them pay a fine and that fine will go towards compensating players for their loyalty or and i'm like so you're gonna get reparations i mean how does that how does that work who, who do you decide unless somebody has receipts somebody could say well yeah they offered me 20 million to go right you'd be like freaking chess and hadlin chess and whatever a no name he's 267 in the world rankings and he's like yeah i expect to get compensated for my loyalty i'm like you have a freaking job. You're 267 yeah. in the world. Shut the hell up. <laughs> so, I don't even know where he's. I think he did make the cut. Justin did in the the Canadian Open, but I'm like, come on, guy. You're you're not that important. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. It. I'm excited for it to be over. I mean, it was an interesting talking point a lot of the weeks. So it was interesting to see how things were uh, boiling uh, after the comments were made or whatever. But uh, frankly, I, I want to see the best competitors compete again. And we're kind of only granted that at the the majors, which is special. Yeah. But, um, but you know, it, it's like it's lame to not see somebody like Brooks not competing or or even Phil Mickelson, you know, as a staple out on tour competing and doing things as a 52, 53-year-old. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, I mean, even the guys that they don't like, I'm like, there's plenty of guys that are a-holes on the PGA Tour, but they're not to the extent, and they're not as, as good of players as these guys. So it's like, yeah, they get more publicity for being a-holes but it's like yeah. you can't i don't know they're still the best players in the world let's get them all back in the same tournaments and then you know this merger like it's they're trying to end another tour right they basically have ended the DP World Tour, right? Yeah. This last this last week, I mean, they Don't had their they had their mixed tournament again, right? Where the DP World Tour had the DP World Tour players and uh, ladies European Tour players playing oh. in the same event. But I'm like, you guys killed it with, and what did you kill it with? Money, right? But that's where it's going to go. But you can't say you're. Uh, you have a strategic alliance with the DP World Tour. You want them all playing over here. You want the best players playing over here. You're gonna, you're gonna try 
everything you can to get the best players in the world playing on your tour, right? Okay. Which was which was what Liv was trying to do, right? And there's some people that, that and I talked to a buddy of mine, he's like, I just didn't like the team format. It just seemed there. And they came out and I don't know, another couple of years of that thing, it may have caught a little bit of foothold, but the scare tactic was in. <laughs> yeah. To and keep I, them away and saying it was so bad. but And I'm like the 1% that actually liked it. No, because... I, I, I liked it. And the one thing is I don't think they, and whether it was their ability and they couldn't, it wasn't marketed great. So you didn't get it see it as much and, and things like that right and it's so there were some times that i missed but the one thing that i liked is i could go back and but I, I thought it was cool to have the team option and i think it would still be cool if they're like okay yeah we're gonna we're gonna merge the two where we're gonna have eight team events you know call them it ending in basically the team championship type thing yeah but you still are competing as an individual at the same time type thing yeah i i would love to see that live format even unchanged but with the actual top 60 players in the world oh yeah can you imagine that's that would be exciting good. yeah top 48 i mean you could do top 48 top same 40. thing yeah same same way they did it to me that like that would be the icing on the cake because it is an interesting format it's so cool to see things unfold at the same time uh even though it's a shotgun but uh it, it's exciting because you get a lot of golf in that time of play and yeah. what's cool about it is it it doesn't leave much time for commercials and maybe that's why the pga tour didn't like it <laughs> <laughs> they'll evaluate be like well we can't put sponsorships in here during this because there's so much golf going on because it's just for them it's a you know sponsorship money grab yeah and, and that's the way they end with this and it'll be interesting that if the alliance does take hold it's like okay yeah they're gonna go to them and say hey you guys do you guys want to invest in this and it's like well, no, but then they can take it to their next guy, right? And people after this were talking, they're like, well, maybe Tiger Woods should start his own tour. I'm like, Tiger Woods isn't playing anymore, people. And I'm sorry, he cannot hold money <laughs> together that would compete, right? Uh -uh. So yeah. it would still be the same thing. So they're going to do something... I mean, they may get and enough players and enough good players that would do that, that it would make it viable where you would have to get all this. But it's like, okay, you already have the PGA Tour that has their title sponsors and everything locked up, right? They have contracts. They can't just necessarily pull out of those contracts. So, yeah, it, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. The real only reason that 
the PIF can do it is because they have <laughs> basically unlimited funds to throw at it. <laughs> so, I guess in the end, they really didn't care what they were putting money into other than they wanted an investment. And, and obviously, Live was like a long-term investment, but the PGA Tour is a much quicker uh, return on investment. So, yeah, makes sense. I mean, they don't want to just bleed cash. They want to be able to see an ROI. So, yeah, I don't blame them for wanting to get involved and but I certainly don't like how Monahan negotiated the deal that just like everything he touches right now just, just makes me cringe. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what, <clears throat> what happens. Um, oh, but let's yeah. Get into the golf that was played this, this weekend, the RBC Canadian open. Right, one one national open before <laughs> before another one, um, but it was it was a fun watch, right? There was a lot of kind of shifting in the course that they were playing it at. That uh, offered some drama on the the backside was was easier and allowed you to make some birdies coming down the stretch. And Nick Taylor, um gets it done in a four-hole playoff against uh, Tommy Fleetwood, who still has not won on the PGA Tour, which nope. is nuts. Um, been playing much, much better of late, but uh, Nick Taylor became the first Canadian to champion since 1954, which is kind of crazy, right? They've had enough good players you think in 60 years that you know someone like Mike Weir you know a few other Canadians would have been able to get it done but it just you know goes to show you that there's not a ton of really good golfers uh -uh. from Canada but that was cool and the way he did it I mean the putt that he makes is just on the fourth playoff hole was just absurd. It's one in a million. Yeah. Like one, yeah. it's 72 foot eagle putt. It's one thing just to make a 72 foot putt, but then to do it under pressure, adding in the potential elements of error and and whatever. And it wasn't like it rattled the pin and dropped. It was, no, it was perfect it was putt. Perfect. Well, and you watched his his face when they did the after he hit the putt and just watching it. And about halfway there, he's once it gets up the ridge, he's like, Oh, this has a chance. <laughs> he's like, Oh, that's it's really good right now. Oh, but runs it in and then the drama unfolds. <laughs> the, uh, real the real drama. Um fellow Canadian Adam Hadwin. Who didn't have a bad week? Um, what did he end up finishing? I think Cadwin ended up finishing in the top ten. Did he? Or yeah, or T twelve, just outside of the top ten. But I was waiting there, had a bottle of champagne, 
um, and came to celebrate <laughs> and, you know, do the, the champagne show <laughs> on Nick yeah. Taylor and just the security guard like dips around. I m- must've played some football back in his day. Cause did the, did the shoulder dip around and <laughs> just tackled Adam Hadwin. Uh, like the different angles of that were just amazing. You're just like, whoa, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That, seeing that unfold, I actually like, did you mention the caddy's reaction? Did you see his? Well, just when they were, because they were celebrating and then they just like look, they both just look at the, they looked over. The, they're like, whoa. The, the clip that I saw, the, the caddy that was hugging Nick yeah. looked over and noticed it was Hadwin getting tackled. And then his face went from like, like, huh? To like, no, yeah, don't tackle that guy. And so that was pretty interesting. But oh, just miraculous moment. I mean, storybook finish. Uh, yeah. Probably the most important thing to happen to Canadians for a while. But um, it was awesome. It was awesome. And then, like, the tweets and just the body. And then his wife was like, oh, yeah, he's fine. And, you know, in true Canadian fashion, he apologized to the security guard for getting tackled. That was, like, so funny. That was the best one. To me, that's what won it. Like, that was so awesome. Just makes it that much more (laughs) memorable for Nick, right? He's like, I won my, my my nation's open. Oh, and... My fellow countryman just got absolutely bodied oh, right God. after. Oh, but that, and then on the Champions Tour, Steve Stricker is on a heater. Like he's winning everything and not by a little. I mean, I don't think there was a chance that he wasn't. Winning that tournament, he ended up winning it by five. But I think at one point he had like a seven or eight shot lead. Yeah, and just coasted. Yeah, Strick's been on fire. When you looked at his year, he's and some amazing stats aligned with this. His third win in four starts, two of which were majors. Um, I mean, and this is the stat that like blew my mind. He has yet to finish outside the top 10 in 11 starts on the tour in 2023. So obviously very solid, but here's the even crazier one has only finished outside the top five once. And it was a tied for eight. So that that's just crazy. 10 out of 11 starts. He's in the top five. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And when two senior majors, which just tells you like, what could have this, guy been doing if he didn't have the responsibility of being a Ryder Cup captain <laughs> a couple years before, right? Well, heck, he might play himself onto the team right now. Oh, no, they don't get points for Champions Tour. They don't care. Oh, lame. But, yeah, he's been on just an absolute heater this year. And then kind of came because he's been he's been playing off and on, obviously on the champions store for a couple of years now, but obviously not just the capacity yeah. and at the, the level that he is right now. So 
good on him. Um, yeah, now let's do our little little U.S. Open preview. Hey. The course looks fun. It's not. It doesn't look like you're. I mean, they've got some drivable par fours and some drivable par threes. <laughs> um, um, drivable par <laughs> to me, like I get you want to make a golf course difficult, but it's not making three hundred yard par threes. Like, but that one's I think is the one is two ninety. They've got another one that's like two eighty three. Yeah, that's, ac- that's actually probably longer than the two ninety because they were saying, and they won't play it at that. Like it's good for aesthetics. Like ooh, two ninety. They're gonna play it at two forty, two fifty maybe. And they were actually, I saw a quote that it's playing because it's downhill and a couple of other things. So it doesn't play that long. I think one of the things was is they were saw guys hitting, you know, some woods, but guys hitting irons into it. So it's not playing that long for how it plays, but it looks good for visual and to to hype it up. But other than that, I don't think the course is like overly long in in general. It's got those couple of holes, but I think it's going to be a good test just because of of the design of the course. And, of course, they're going to have the rough, right? And it's mm-hmm. you're going to get into some nasty lies there, and the fairways are going to be firm, so stuff's going to roll into the rough, which we've talked about that at length, you know, firm up the fair or firm up the greens, but don't let the the fairways roll out, right? Don't, no. don't penalize somebody because a ball rolls 80 yards and then gets into, into the rough. Yeah. It just I, seems stupid, but it's dumb. And I'm not saying make the fairway soft. No. Make it firm, but just don't mow the grass to green length to where they're rolling 10 or 11 on the stint meter. Like, don't do that to fairways. That's the lamest thing ever. But they're doing it, so just look for 60, 70 yards a roll when yeah. that happens. It, it's like, oh, I mean, you, you have to focus on, on accuracy. Oh, well, since the fairways roll so much, I can be accurate with my hybrid now. Something yeah. that I'm not going to miss the fairway with, anyways, and it's going to roll out to 300 yards. Like I, I imagine there's going to be a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're like I said, I think they there's a way to do it that I think you could still make it tough, right? Just give them a little bit longer into the greens, and then then if the greens are are firmer, right, a little bit longer longer fairways. They can still be firm, right? They don't have to be soft where you get no roll. But add an extra 20, 30 yards on their approach shot with firm greens. Then you put a a priority on hitting really good iron shots and having to approach it that way. Yeah. But it looks like it's going to be fun, a little bit different style course than... Than your 
you know, typical, just beat you over the head course that the U S open is known for. I'm, I'm concerned about these par threes. I just don't feel like it's even a, a good thing to do. Like, I don't know if you've seen the holes that they're set up on. One of them is semi approachable. If you carry it 260 and the, the, the fairways are rolling 10 on the stamp, you're going to be able to roll probably three woods into that 284. But the 291, there, the whole front side is guarded with bunkers. <laughs> and it's, and it's a tabletop green. Like, and, and, and the rough and everything is shaved around it. So it's like 10. It's like 12, right? Whole 11. 11. Doesn't, it doesn't make any sense at all. It's slightly lower in elevation from the tee box, but not by much. Not, not uh, something. Where... 40 feet. So it's pretty significant. Eh, okay. 40 feet, but. But it drops off in the back. So it's got that. Long... 40 feet on 110 <clears throat> yards is something different from 40 feet on 300 yards but it's oh. it's still gonna i mean but that like i said 290 is tipped out right they're not gonna play it to that point everything runs into that yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be hard right especially if you get it over the back right <laughs> how firm they have and they're gonna roll into those <laughs> bushes behind it right so short left is gonna be where everybody's trying to hit it yeah yeah, the the way they're trying to sell it, they're like, well, because of the downhill nature, the uh, the hole actually plays about two seventy to the middle of the green. And it's like, oh, okay, two forty to the front. It's, but it's you don't you don't need that, right? I'm hopefully they're smart and they they don't ever play it back there, right? Same thing with. You know, number seven, it's got a lot more room left and it's a flat green, it looks like. So you've got that, but it's like, and I don't know, just, just trying to look, what are the other par threes? I'm just trying to find them here. But then you've got, so, every, so right now you've got three of the four. Let's find the other one here. This is what it, oh, okay, 15 is 124, right? Why not have one that's 124, have one that's about 170, one that's right about 200, and then one that's, like, test all of them. Mm-hmm. I don't get why the USGA is like, well, we have to play this, and the 124 green looks nasty. <laughs> but it's like, you get a short one, just that, but those ones, even even if you played that one hole at 220, 230, number 11, yeah. it's not going to be an easy hole. No. It's, it's just, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. But USGA does what USGA does. <laughs> uh, I think hole 15 will be one of the more interesting holes, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, 124 par three the green is shaped like a boomerang yeah it's gonna be something special to watch i'm actually more excited about that than than maybe the other holes 
Yeah, because it's, I mean, and it is what that green is, but that number, yeah, 11 is just, I mean, there is some stuff, but it's like, why do you have to push it back that far? You don't have to. No, yeah, unnecessary, in my opinion. Uh, closing holes are going to be brutal, though. 16, 542 yard par four, 17, 520 yard par four, and then 18, 492 yard par four. Like, are those not the three toughest holes in a row? <laughs> All 500 yeah. plus yard par fours. I mean, well, yeah, just, yeah, I'm doing the flyover of 16 right now, and you just, you're like, okay, you're going to get that, but that bunker is 315. Like, guys, you're going to roll into that. I don't know. I just think it's unnecessary. But, you know, green fairways are rolling at a 12, so. Okay. We'll you're going to be hitting, hitting 370-yard yeah. bombs. <laughs> These conditions will yeah. be difficult. So They will I be difficult. We need to throw out some type of estimated score as we address our picks. Yeah, I think it's going to be four or five under. Four or five under for the win? Yeah. So that's just that's just my my thinking of it. Um, I, but in these, right, 542, are they going to play it back there? Maybe not. Yeah, usually not. Right. I would love to see the winning score be plus two. Maybe. So. I mean, if it gets there, there is that possibility. <laughs> yeah. Especially with how they like to bake them. Oh, but yeah. The fairways are going to be purple by Friday. Uh, yeah. that I know. Well, even watching them now, right? They're doing the, the golf channel stuff and you're, you're watching practice rounds and you're like, it's already looking a little baked. Yep. <laughs> like, there's, like, there's no water on them. USGA doing USGA things. Yeah, it's it's a crime, but that's the way they want to do it. Yeah. All right, now picks. One favorite, one dark horse. Ooh. Just the same as last time. We're even. As of this point, we have no 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 drinks are getting bought for, for anybody yet. Um I'll let you go first on your favorite. My favorite to win is actually Brooks. That means I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> you let me go. First. I know. <sighs> um, and uh, for obvious reasons, but the dude is playing good, and when he's playing good, he plays really good in tough conditions. In fact, yeah. he's won two U.S. Opens. So uh, that's. It seems bold to pick him, but he it's... really. He, it does. Um, my favorite pick, and this is where it gets, but just was because I, my favorite's pick. Oh man, let me. Do they have the odds? Oh, there we go. Oh, odds on. I'm gonna turn them, my odds on here really quick and. Get those guys. Oh, are they gonna let me? 
into there. Like, I really want to. But mm -hmm. I'm going to go Scheffler. Really? Just because he's been ball striking. He's still ball striking, right? He's still going to get oh. it around. He'll be hunting. He'll be in the mix. He'll be in the mix. And that's why, like I said, he's not on any of my picks in any of my U.S. Open pools. But that's because he's in the bracket. <laughs> when you pick him, he's in the bracket with, with yeah. Brooks. And it was interesting actually listening to Brooks's press conference. And they're like, how do you attack? And he's like, I just... He's like, I get there, and once I'm in the fairway, I kind of look and see where I want to land it. He's like, but then I'll sit on the green, and then he's like, I'll look back at the hole. He's like, then it becomes very evident of how I need to play this hole, which most people don't know, but when the caddies go out and, like, caddies will go out and scout the course, they actually, a lot of them will walk it backwards, right? So oh. they see, okay, where do I need to bring this in from? Okay, so then where do I need to bring this in from, right? So they're looking at it that way, so you get you get that look back view, which is take note, players. If you really want to scout a course, look at it from the green back, right? Build your build your attack or your plan from the the way back. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's going to be, going to be exciting. I'm, I am really pumped for this U.S. Open. So, yeah, I can't, I can't wait. It's, yeah, it's going to be fun. And it's, it's definitely a different course. And there's been a lot put into, right? This course is basically, they're saying Brooks hasn't played it since back in college. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's just not a course that, a lot of people get, get a play. It's a very exclusive country club. And they, you know, if they had, if somehow they could get a USGA event or some major other national, be the same thing, right? Nobody's not, not a lot of people that have, are going to have seen the course or, yeah. you know, Pine Valley, same thing, right? But yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very true. So Dark Horse, um, since I got to pick favorite first, you get to pick Dark Horse first. Of course. Oh, what would consider what would be considered a dark horse? What do we have to get in the odds range? Say um, somebody from an odds perspective that's not inside the top ten. And and from what I see, the odds go Scotty Sheffield, John Rom, Rory McElroy. Brooks Kepka, Patrick Cantley, Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley, Colin Morkawa, Jordan Spieth, Cameron Smith. Just bonkers to me. Which is absolutely bonkers to me. That um, Rory's been hit. Rory's been not Absent. good. <laughs> oh. Um, I guess is he did the end up at the P PGA and kind of the top, but he he fades. Um no, the I Rory McIlroy hasn't won a major for how long? A, a long time. Like long almost time. a decade. I, I'm I'm guessing a decade. Like it's been a long time. 
So let's see. I've got the odds right here. So I have to take it. How's that? I, I was pretty close to spot on. So nine years was the last time Roy McIlroy won a major. That's crazy. Yeah. Talk about a drought. Um, um, let's. Get, I'm going as a dark horse because he. I don't think he's in it even after his. We're gonna go. Justin Rose, that's a dark horse. Ooh, as a former U.S. Open champion and also winner this year, and he put. We'll, we'll talk about his equipment change too. Um, he's that's not a bad pick. Not, not he's a bad been playing pick. pretty good. He's been playing pretty good as late too. So, yep. Oh, so now yeah, you got your dark horse. Are you going to go way off the board? Well, I was looking at odds, and I I didn't do the math, but when it came to who actually won a U.S. Open and what their betting odds really were, out of the last 12 years, only two of them have been under 1,000. Actually, 2,000. From a, from a closing odds perspective. Oh, sorry, three. So John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, and J- Jordan Spieth from, from the past 12 years were under 2,000 odds. So typically a guy that wins is going to be over 2,000, maybe in that 25 to 3,000 range. And so that makes me want to pick... I, I I don't know why, but I want to choose Max Homa. Is he outside? I, mean, I know of why. He's he's actually right on the cusp, but he so he's he's number eleven from an odds perspective. But why am I choosing a guy that you know he's got some wins? I think it was like six wins on the PJ Tour. <laughs> um, hasn't really sniffed a major, but he he always plays well in California. Yeah. Uh, and, and he holds a competitive and he holds a competitive course record at yeah at this course. So I, yeah, I like I, it. I, it's but it, you know, he's not a marquee player with, with majors under his belt in the last right. two years, right? So he's right on the cusp, and maybe that's why his odds are a little bit better than what they probably should be. But yeah, I just I like him yeah. in LA. Yes, it, is, it has been his sweet spot for sure. Well, there you go. We will see what happens. We'll see who gets the the Utah soda. Ooh. <laughs> who gets it? Yeah. 44 ounces flavored, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, now let's get into equipment, right? Equipment. Yeah. Idlist seems to be ruling the Rolling the roost as of late. Um, yeah, this doesn't happen very often, but when it does, I feel like it's noteworthy. But a Titleist led in every category with the exception of putter. And what does that mean? They, they're the number one ball in at the Memorial, number one driver at Memorial, number one hybrid, number one utility iron, number one iron, 
number one wedge. I guess two categories I didn't lead, which was putting and fairways. So, um, but that's that's ridiculous. That's a lot of Titleist equipment yes. out there. It is ridiculous. And one thing that we we kind of skipped over, but um, you've got it in here as far as the U.S. Open. Um, Utah, Johnny Miller, Utah Ties, oh, yes. was honored with the Bobby Jones Award for his 50th anniversary of his 63 at Oakmont. Yep. So that could go in. Um, the equipment because you have in here. Yeah, there, there's a cool <laughs> auction going off, and I think it's it's fun to talk about it because it is for charity. Um, but the a really good golf club refurbisher, uh, in my opinion, like mm-hmm. the best, the best out there. And I've had conversations with him, Flanagan, um, Ken Flanagan. He he restores golf clubs to like perfection. And not only does he restore them, he can regrind the soles to be playable in the new conditions of today. So he, um, he's fantastic. In fact, I've had a set of irons refurbed from him. Um, re- actually really special irons that are actually very applicable to the story. But um, he worked with uh, Johnny's son, Andy, to rebuild a replica set of Johnny's golf clubs that he used when he won the open in 73. And it's pretty spectacular. The auction is going to be at I think uh, golden auctions, usually where we see that kind of stuff pop up. And um, it's awesome. It's a really cool set and it's to the T like down to the strips of lead tape on it. It's, it's impressive. Um. And so a really, really cool piece of, of history to have. And I mean, it, I know a lot of people probably are tired about hearing um, about Johnny's 63 from 50 years ago. Like that's dead and gone in the past. But uh, if you were talk about greatest rounds in the, in the U S open this one's in the mix every single time, like you can't not talk about it. So it is pretty special. Um, so really cool. Check that out. Check out the pictures. Um, it's pretty awesome. Um, but I I was so fascinated with this that um, I had actually kind of sparked his interest in this project with Andy Miller because I did buy a set of the irons that he used in and I got them restored and have my name engraved on them where it would be Johnny Miller. I put Weston Mon. And so these old McGregor 985 blades. And so it's really cool. I I've always been fascinated with that particular round and the equipment he used and the design of iron that he had. And so I had to rebuild the set. So I've got this wicked set of like two iron through ten iron. <laughs> and uh no they're beautiful. So for sure. Um, yeah, and there's a few equipment changes leading into the the U.S. Open. Um, Scotty Scheffler, my my pick for the show, yeah, um, is oh. working on a new putter. Whether it ends up in the bag, right? We have his putting woes over the last 
couple months have been well documented. <laughs> um, so he's he's testing whether right whether this the putter that he was testing will end up in the bag or not. We'll see, but he needs to he needs to do something to get that shirt up, whether it's a putter or whether it's just a mental glitch right now. But <laughs> sometimes the change of scenery um in the bag can can change that. Yeah. And then then Jason Day put the the T dub, the tailor made T dubs. Yeah. In the bag for the, the US Open. He's usually a cavity back player. It played the P seven um CBs or um muscle cavities as they might call them. Yeah. Did, uh, did he yeah, he, did he play the MCs? I think the, he, they were the MCs, yeah. I think he did, but to pull it, throw blades in, yeah, tells he was, you that because he didn't what he'd been playing the ZX sevens as of late, hadn't he? The Strixon ZX seven. I don't know. Wait, I think we, when he won, <clears throat> I think he was. I think he was playing the Strixons in the Irons. Um, bef- <clears throat> before this change, so it's a yeah. Going back to blades, I don't know. Maybe they just with everything that he's dealing with with the course conditions, maybe right the grind and everything sets up better for this. They probably spin a little bit more. Yeah. I'd say they spin a little bit more. You just got to strike them pure. And obviously he's doing that right now. He, he does have, not that these were a change, but I'm looking at his bag right now. Uh, guess what Vokey grind he has in his 60 degree. Hey, you grind. What your T grind? What does he got? T in grind. T grind. That's going to be the, <laughs> That one's gonna be super yeah, popular. Super popular <laughs> at this course, especially with the the firm conditions. Yep. <clears throat> um. But yeah, and then that. Now let's go into this week's winner. What's in the bag? Nick Taylor. Taylor. Tideless. Tideless guy. With a totally few exceptions. Um, but yeah, he doesn't even okay. have the new stuff in. He doesn't no. have the TSR. He goes the TSI three driver in ten degrees with an older shaft too, right? He goes a Fujikura Atmos Blue tour spec six X. Yep. And the one that's interesting a little bit is his TSI two fairway wood that he has the Atmos Blue six X, which is different than usual right guys will at least go to a seven but a lot of guys have gone to an 8x eight, eight or yeah. 80 gram shaft in there right they usually graduate it the only guy i know that's ever done that before is actually myself <laughs> <laughs> i uh i was experimenting and i did graduate it i did you know a 6x and then a 7x and i found the 7x and the three wood that i was playing just not fit with my swing and I ended up throwing a six uh, X, just like the driver, and and I like loved it. So in my, it, depending on which driver I play, but I, I mean currently I play a six TX, and then in my three wood I have a six X, and then in my five wood I do a seven X. So 
pretty cool to see somebody else also kind of experiment with experiment that. Experiment with that. And then he goes into the five wood, and then he does go into an 80 gram shaft with the Mitsubishi yeah. 10C AV85 TX in the Sim 2. So he's got an old five wood in and the Sim 2 max um, five wood. <clears throat> and then he's got a hybrid. So he's got a lot of <laughs> a lot of lumber in his bag yeah. right now. So it goes driver, three wood, five wood hybrid. And that one, he does have the new TSR2 in the 21 degree um, with their graphite design tour ADDI 95X shaft in it. Yeah. And then he goes into a four iron, the Titleist T200, which we had a little discussion prior to recording about the the T200. Um, <clears throat> as a driving iron option. Uh, and then the Titleist T100s, five through nine iron. And then that one, he's got a little bit soft because they usually go the X100, but he goes the toward the... The dynamic gold S four hundred, and it doesn't even say they didn't do like a in depth. It was very lacking on Golf WRX there, but my guess is they are the tour issue, and they're not just yeah. the dynamic gold S four hundreds. There probably are. The only thing I can think of is that uh, one thing I do know, like Artisan who are very particular about building golf clubs down in Texas and they build tigers clubs and uh, they do stuff for a lot of people. They actually don't order tour tour issue. They order a bunch of the regular. And the reason is, is they wait to sort their own shafts to their specs and what they feel is good. And so that's maybe, 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 maybe somebody has like 80 sets of, s400 and then they rebuilt them that way with uh some weight sorted ones which is just as good because that's all the tour issue moniker means it was weight sorted yeah and, and packaged together so um but yeah it, it probably wasn't oversight but you never know yeah you know and then he goes um sm8 wedges in his he goes 46 and 54 obviously when you have the five wood and a hybrid in um, you do have to ditch one of the wedges options. So he goes 46 and 54. And again, they don't have the bounces on these, so we don't know. And then the wedge works 58 um, to round out the set. And those are also the dynamic gold S 400s. Again, we, I am assuming tour issue, but, don't know because they don't they don't they don't give that information they don't have pictures of them uh, no don't say much so and then he's back on the tandem train with the spider tour red which is an older one because it is beat up that is one that they do have a picture of <laughs> on the on the site so it's the older like the original spider so he's probably he's just been sticking with that one for for a while 
and then plays the Tylus Pro V1X. Imagine that. Oh, I, I did some sleuthing. You did so, some sleuthing. Yeah, he has a 46 degree 10 F grind bent to yeah. 47. And then he's got the uh, SM8 5414 F bent to 53. And then he's got the 58 T grind bent to 59. Yeah, usually, yeah. It was going to be one of a couple, just a couple, right? If it's a wedge works, it's usually going to be yeah. the T grind or the the A grind. <laughs> usually, when you get into the the wedge works on that, so good pick up there. Um, but yeah, excited for this week. Um, I'll be playing some golf this weekend, playing in a member guest up in Boise. So, Ooh. I'll, I'll just have to have the the charger going and the the golf playing on there in, in between to watch in between shots while I'm out on the golf course. Um, but it should be a good week. <clears throat> Major weeks are always usually pretty oh, good. They're the best. So yeah, super pumped for that. And uh, I, yeah, I, I'm excited. I think this major has me the most interested out of this year. So, really, why is that? That's a interesting little tidbit <laughs> to well, throw in at the the end of this episode. I, well, yeah, it, it is. <laughs> the Masters is the Masters. It's green. It's lush, but the diversity that the U.S. Open brings to, brings just a, a different element of excitement, which is the unexpected and. Um, there, there's a lot to be said for the expected that you get out of the masters, but the, the to me, the unexpected is, um, it's more dynamic than say the, uh, the, the British open because every one of those courses is like, oh yeah, we're going to go back and put on that old shoe that we're so familiar with. Cause we're going to play at St. Andrews right. and you know what I mean? They're amazing courses, but they kind of have a little rotation there and, and, uh, with with us open it's like whoa this is cool this is different um this is unique and and i think this will will add to that so i'm I'm excited in that aspect the unknown the unknown and just like a a different course than you usually see in the us open too right a little little bit different course so should be fun um i'm excited and We'll talk about it next week <laughs> in yep. our next episode. We will. So, but yeah, as, as always, thanks for listening. Ratings and reviews are appreciated. But until next time, we are out.